0: Hello and welcome to Udcast, episode 82. This is Head of School Dan Glass with you once again recording live in the Sound Lab here at the Brandeis School of San Francisco. It's good to be with you today. Um, uh, we, as as is our custom uh, this time of year, we like to share uh, on the Udcast the... Um, the remarks that were shared at our kindergarten open house, and so what you're going to hear here uh, is the um, the speech that uh, is being presented uh, tonight, actually at our kindergarten open house. So we are recording uh, a day earlier than we usually do. We are typically a Thursday recording, kind of a podcast, but today it is Wednesday. Um, and this will be a, a first pass through uh, these remarks that are going to be shared tonight. Now typically, as you all know, dear listeners, we like to begin with a poem, but because um, this uh, these remarks end with a poem or end with a piece of a poem, we thought uh, I thought we would leave it there uh, at the end. So um, I always like to begin open houses with kindergarten parents with um, a particular graph. It's a graph uh, from Google's ngram viewer, which allows you to search the incidence of a word uh, in in books. Uh, so it's a it's a Google Books um, extension, and you can search. To see how often uh, a word shows up, and um, at some point, some years ago, I got curious about the the phrase parenting, which um, is so uh, ever present in our lexicon right now as a way of thinking about what we do with kids. Uh, it's you know very present for me both as a parent, of course, and also as an educator. But I started to wonder if. We always thought of parenting of that uh, th- that as a um, as an activity as a set of behaviors in the same way that we do now. And so, um, I uh, uh, just out of curiosity plugged that word into um, into this uh, Google Books tool and um, was really interested and curious to see that um, if you go from 1900 to 2000. It's uh, the the word parenting is basically a flat line at zero in um, or, you know, at at a very small number um, for the majority of that time. And then all of a sudden around 1970, um, it it spikes up and and uh, starts um, growing really significantly. And, you know, what that says to me and what it speaks to is the degree to which um, parenting has become uh, a domain of expertise, right? It's a science with an entire literature behind it. Most of us have read a number of books written by benevolent doctors who act- attempt to explain our children's brain or behaviors to us, right? Those, It's that stack of books uh, on that one shelf in your house or on your bedside table, depending on uh, how challenging a moment you maybe are going through as a parent. Um, and, you know, what all those books essentially tell us is that we don't know what we're doing as parents. And that can be really hard, right? They they uh, suggest that they're going to answer the questions for us uh, and tell us what we're doing wrong. But um, it, it's enough to make you worry. It really does make you worry. And of course, we worry not just about how best to parent our children, but also about the world our children will inherit. Last year at this time, we were reeling from an endless parade of supersized natural disasters. And, uh, you know, this year we are reeling from um, the connection between um, white supremacy and the violence it, it intends uh, made not theoretical but actual in Pittsburgh. Um, and for what many experience as the continued erosion of our civil society. I don't know about you, but it can be hard not to despair in moments such as these, hard not to look at my kids and wonder what of this beautiful world and this great democratic experiment will be left for them. But then I am reminded of the human capacity for creativity, connection, and kindness. Uh, There was a picture circulating around the Brandeis community yesterday of the Um, I voted stickers that um, were being uh, handed out in Pittsburgh, and they included the uh, Star of David um, in the sort of Pittsburgh Steelers colors with the uh, stronger than hate message. Um, And I think you see that, right? You see the human capacity for kindness and connection um, in, in a picture like that. And I'm reminded, too, uh, of a line I wrote in a letter to my daughters in poem form some years ago in the wake of other acts of mass violence in America. That What I wrote there was, the poverty of hope is like a fever, and I won't leave it to you. My journey to Brandeis began in some ways in witnessing that poverty of hope firsthand. I was working at an independent school in Palo Alto during a time when there were a rash of suicides by young people, kids from some of the top performing and best resourced schools in the country. I couldn't help but wonder, what are we missing? What are we not giving these children in the model of education as we currently practice it? My own answers to those questions led me to seek a school community that would hold a child's spirit with at least the same care as it held their test scores. But it wasn't until a few years ago that I found there was research happening that had a similar thesis. Dr. Lisa Miller, a professor of psychology at Columbia University, has been researching the impact of spirituality on child development, and what she has found is stark. Adolescents who describe themselves as having an authentic sense of spiritual connection are 80% less likely than their peers to abuse drugs and alcohol, 70% less likely to engage in risky sexual behaviors, and 60% less likely to suffer from major depressive disorders. Authenticity is the key in her research. Kids must understand this connection as being true to who they are, which is why our program at Brandeis invites students to develop their own approach to Jewish spirituality. For the past two years, we've been working as one of 14 leadership schools in the Collaborative for Spirituality in Education, convened by Dr. Miller at Teachers College. As part of that project, we are creating a set of curricula and best practices related to spiritual identity, as well as civic and ecological engagement. That last piece, that last turn, is central to the work for Dr. Miller and for all of us in the collaborative. That connection between spirituality and ethics uh, is a clear one. That, In fact, the subtitle of the project is, quote, educating for a more democratic and ecological society. At Brandeis, we put the connection between spirituality and ethics as one of our three foundational beliefs that begin our vision for the school, Brandeis 2023, the strategic plan that will guide our next five years. Those beliefs are that challenging academics and masterful teaching remain at the core of what we do, that student-centered, inquiry-based, and real-world learning is the future of education, and that ethics and spirituality are good for our kids and good for our world. We believe that the challenges of this century will require ethically fluent and spiritually grounded leaders. However you define those challenges, economic, political, ecological, social, our responses to them will be stronger if the next generation of leaders knows themselves, knows their own moral compass, and the depth of their connection to one another. This runs counter to some of the current thinking. If the leaders of our great companies cannot themselves be ethical actors, the thinking goes, we will bring in chief ethics officers to ask the hard questions, to consider the consequences. And this is actually, uh, this was an op-ed in the New York Times just a couple of weeks ago that was posing this question. But ethical behavior is not compliance, nor are ethics about being audited by some external force. One of the reasons I believe that Jewish communities have thrived in the United States is because Jewish tradition and our foundational national beliefs converge on the core capacity of the individual to effect change as part of a greater whole. That each of us as human beings and as citizens has a voice, has a spark, is a leader. Justice Louis Brandeis, our school's namesake, said that the most important political office in a democracy is that of the private citizen. If we outsource ethics, the power of that office is diminished. I would contrast that position with the one taken last week by Twilio Chief Executive Officer and Brandeis parent Jeff Lawson, who wrote a powerful piece on Medium about the business ethics in the current national climate. Quote, that's why we at Twilio banned not just hate speech, but any organization whose primary purpose is spreading hate. We, it's in our control to decide who uses our product and from whom we take money. We choose not to profit from this hatred or those who spread it. This seems such an obvious position for every organization to take, but anyone paying attention to the news could tell you it is not. We need more leaders willing to stand up for civility, for a common purpose, and for our shared humanity. And we need everyone at every level of business or government to consider the greater good in their decision making, whether those decisions impact the coding of an autonomous car, how we define a human being, or how our actions today will impact our children's children's children. And so here at Brandeis, we tell our students, you are a leader, you are a change maker, you have a voice. And we ask them, what makes you feel connected? What brings you joy? What do you love? We ask them, what in your world needs repairing? I want to close with part of a poem by the great American poet Brenda Hillman from her 2013 collection, Seasonal Works with Letters on Fire. She writes, how will you be known? Some registered complaints. You pass them in the hallway with their new haircuts. The bosses are known by new wars. What salmon are left hurry upstream, cold swaths in the bay, Linnets by rose fire at the edges. The moon rests in a mantle of minutes, its boundaries in back of the trees. Boundaries are known by their nothings. You will be known by your dreams. This is our aspiration for our children for our model of a spiritually grounded and ethically engaged education to empower these future leaders in their whole beings, to celebrate their possibilities and truths, to know them by their hopes and their dreams. And with that, I want to thank you for being with us again here on the Yudcast. A Shabbat Shalom to any of you listening on Shabbat. We'll be back with you next week. Uh, just after our celebration of uh, our annual Justice Lewis Brandeis Day, where we are um, celebrating his life and legacy uh, and our own work as uh, American Jews and um, members of uh, this democracy. So be well, and we'll see you soon.